Welcome to Charmaine Wilson, the Australian Media Podcast. Good morning and welcome to my podcast. Um, today I'm actually answering a letter and um, a lady called Tricia is going through a, um, an, an end-of-life experience with one of her loved ones. And she was asking me about my experiences. Now, I haven't had um, a great deal of experience, but I am more than happy to share everything that I can with you so you understand. Now, I, I don't have any fear of death, as everyone knows. My first experience with end of life without understanding it was end of life was before I even really understood I was a medium. It was right around the time that I was developing. I was still uncomfortable with everything that was going on. Anyway, at the time I had a, um, a, a boyfriend who he has since passed. You may have read about him in one of my books. Anyway, we went to his dad's one, his dad and mum's one day and I was just sitting there in the chair and I saw a very, very large spirit enter the room. I actually saw, saw this one with my eyes. Now, I didn't see him as a human figure. I saw him just as like a very um, large light to be honest with you, but the outline of a human. Anyway, so he came over and he sat down on the, next to me on the chair and he looked over at um, Redmond's parents and he said, that's Bubba and his name is uh, – hold on for a second. Obviously, I've got to get this right. Hold on. Had to collect my thoughts. He said, that's Buddy and that's Rada. But I didn't know them. I said I, they had other names, okay, and apparently Buddy and Rada was their Fijian name. And then he looked at me very sternly and I'm just sitting in the chair. Everybody else is around and I'm just sitting in the chair and the spirit's – and he says, Buddy is sick. Tell them that Buddy is sick. And I did not know what to do with this information. As I said, I wasn't even sure what the hell was going on at that particular moment. Anyway, so I did not say anything and then the spirit left the room. So I just let it go until we were driving home. And I said to Reb, I said, uh, who's Buddy and Rada? And he said, well, that's my mum and dad. I said, he said, how do you know that? I said, oh, I, I said, well, okay. I said, so something weird happened today and this really tall spirit. He said, how tall? I said, oh, at least six, five, six, seven. He said, that's my grandfather. I think it was the grandfather. And I said, oh. He said, he was really tall. I said, oh, okay. And I told him what he had said. I told, I told Reb what he had said. So he did not know how to approach his mother about this. Anyway, so eventually he said to his mother, you know, is dad okay? And she said, oh, well, he's got a sore wrist. We think it's gout. It ended up that he had um, throat cancer and he ended up passing about nine months later. Now, again, I was in the room the day or the, I think it was about the day before he passed and he was actively dying. And it was the weirdest thing because it's being Fiji and they have a very, very large family unit. And, um, and and Reb's family was no different. I mean, he was one of seven boys. And so there was a lot of people around, so I decided to sit back against the wall. And as I sat back against the wall, I, once again, the very tall spirit came in, some more spirits came in, um, and it was very busy. It was very busy. Um, I was very green then, and I was observing and letting every everything that I saw come in. And it was like they were very busy. They were rushing over to the bed. They kept calling him Buddy. They were not calling him um, Harry. That's how we knew him. They weren't calling him Harry. They were all calling him Buddy. 
I could hear buddy, 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 buddy. Anyway, and next thing you know, I had Harry sitting next to me, all buddy. And I could feel his spirit next to me. And he sat next to me, his spirit. And he said, what's going on? And I said, oh, with my mind, because I knew by then I could talk to the spirits with my mind. And I said, oh, well, Harry, I said, I think that, you know, that your, your relatives are coming to, to come and take you. Anyway, and then he was gone. And then the next minute he woke up on the bed. And he said, where's Charmaine? Where's Charmaine? I was just talking. I was just sitting next to Charmaine talking to her. Where is she? And so I went over the bed and I said, yeah, I'm here now. And him and I looked at each other and I knew. He knew. And it was the weirdest feeling, you know. It was the weirdest feeling. I had communicated with his spirit as it was leaving. But anyway, that was my first experience as a medium with, with, with someone passing away. Now... I was also privy to a conversation that one of my friends at the time um, had, had had with her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law had been actively passing and her and her husband had gone up to visit and the thing that she did, which I thought was quite funny, was she reached over um, to her son and, he, and she said, are you real? And he said, yes, mum, why? He said, oh, she says, they've been coming all day and she says, and none of them... They're not, they're not real like you. And she was a little bit alarmed because she couldn't quite figure out what was going on. And that's just a second-hand story and I understand that. So to be honest with you, I haven't been um, – you know, I haven't seen a lot of this personal, but, I, but, but the most personal one and the most personal experience I did have – now, I'm going to talk about some others first. Um, I will talk about the experiences I've had as a medium when – I've had uh, a few spirits actually tell me what has happened when they have passed away. And there's two in particular that I'll talk about today. I have talked about these before. But, you know, it's a beautiful story. So one of them was a little fellow and his name was Ethan. And, uh, and he presented to me as around about the age of four. He had blonde hair, blue eyes, cutest kid in the world. He actually was very forward and he came up and, he, and his spirit um, placed his energy on my lap. And um, he was very, very adamant when he said to me, Charmaine, my mummy told me that when I was going to die that I was going to um, see an angel. And I told his mum that. And he said, she said, that's right. I told him that the angels were going to come. And he said, but there was no angel. And I thought, oh, sh-. and I thought, oh, shit, no angel. And uh, he said, there was an old man with no teeth and a jumper. And his name was Peter. I relayed this information to the mother and she's that's his grandfather that was her husband's grandfather his name was Peter he wore a jumper because it was summer and that's why the little spirit was going on and he said he was wearing a jumper and it was summer when I passed basically and I relayed all that to his mum she said he always wore a jumper he was a skinny fella um this Peter and he always wore a jumper and um because he was always feeling the cold I presume Anyway, and I actually saw him in the reading as well. He did have no teeth. And when I looked at the reading and what they did was they repeated the actual what happened when, when little Ethan passed away. And I could see them walking. I could see them walking hand in hand and little Ethan talking a mile a minute. And he was quite happy with this fellow. He knew there was nothing but love animating from that scene. So he had a lot of trust in that. And um, it sure did give that mum a lot of comfort. So, you know, so I'll, I'll never forget that. It was very, very stark to me and so real. It was like I was there at the process. 
Now, the next one that I'd like to talk about was a young woman and she had actually survived um, cancer, which was really sad. She'd had, um, she'd had cancer when she was 16 and um, unfortunately she was backing out of her driveway and a car came and basically a, a drunk driver came and un- unfortunately she was the victim of his drunk driving accident that he had. Now, she showed me um, an image which was quite unusual she showed me the scene. Um, she showed me herself. She showed me that a man, and I, I, at this point, I never had, I hadn't tapped into the clients, um, any other other spirits, just the daughter. And I said, "Oh, I said she's got a fellow with her when she passes." I said, "But she's not with her." I said, "He's come to collect her," and I said, "He's got short, short, stubby shorts on," and I said, and "He's got a hat," and I said, "He's got sock protectors over his boots." And I said, and he's talking to your daughter and she's going over to him and, and he said, come on, love, come with me. And as I described, she said, that's my dad. So the client's dad had come to collect her daughter from this accident. And, you know, I can't believe how comforted even I felt because, you know, a lot of you know that I lost my little girl in an accident and, and I like to think that uh, my brother came and collected Crystal. I'm sure he did. God, now I'm getting all teary thinking about that. I've never really thought about that, who collected crystal. I reckon it would have been my brother and my grand. My grandfather was still alive, so it would have been my brother. Um, oh, now I'm all emotional. I bet you it was because she knew him. Anyhow, enough of that. But, um, oh, <laughs> that's a crazy thought, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure he did. Um, at the time when my daughter passed, for those of you listening and wondering why I don't know, I was not a medium, so there's no way I can... Um, validate but I can't even imagine my brother not being there for my daughter to to guide her to take her um, home now the next person who passed was very personal and I was there I was there at the at the um, at the active dying part and um, but I left right before the active dying part I left right before my mum passed something implored me to go and get a bloody diet coke now, that day, now this is what I want to talk about because that day was quite adventurous in the spirit world for me, that day that mum passed. The first thing that happened was that early in the morning I had gone up the street and and my brother, it was weird because it was like a dirt road or a country road, sorry, it wasn't actually the dirt road part, it was a country road part. And my brother was dressed in the clothes that he passed away in, a white T-shirt, but I can only see the white T-shirt. And he was bigger than the, in, than the trees, if that makes sense, at the end of the road. And he said, I said, oh, I said, you're coming to get her. I said, oh, my God. And I knew, I knew she was going to pass away. I was just hoping we had a couple more days, you know. And she was, she'd been unconscious at that point for quite at least 12 hours. And I was, you know, stressing out, as you do. And, um, and I hadn't spoken to her. The last, the last words that my mum said to me, I mean, it was 9 o'clock the previous evening. And... Um, Oh, and she hadn't really spoken much and um, since about 2 o'clock that afternoon. I said, oh, Mum, I love you, I love you. I don't, I don't know if you can hear me because we never said I love yous. And then she woke up just for a second, one minute, and the last word she ever said to me was, I love you too, Charmaine. And that was, God, she could have left me the Taj Mahal and I wouldn't have been happy. You know what I mean? I was very, very happy to hear that. Um, anyway, so then the next day my brother was there and – his spirit, shall I say, but I'd bugger. I was a bit cranky. And he said, you're coming to get her. I said, when? And all he said was two. 
And I was just all mucked up. So I didn't know if he meant two hours or two o'clock. It was two o'clock. It was two. It was one fifty-seven p.m. when my mother passed. And at one fifty-seven p.m., I was up the bloody shop getting a diet coke. And my brother called my other brother and said that she'd just passed away. So then I went home, and I was just oh, I, look, I'm glad I didn't see Mum pass. Apparently, it can be quite. Um, unsettling to see someone pass away because they choke and everything. And I'm, gl- I'm glad that wasn't my last image of mum. I'm glad that my last image of mum was really just her laying there peacefully after she passed and before that just peacefully sleeping. I don't know if I would have been able to handle that. I'm a bit of a, you know, I'm not a really good nursey person. Anyway, so I went home and I, I, I couldn't stay in the room with her. I just couldn't. And so I went into my brother's kitchen because there's two houses on the property. And I'm sitting there and I'm bawling my eyes out and I feel it, I feel the thump. And it was mum, and I could hear, I could hear her say, "Shut up, Charmaine." I said, "But mum, mum, is that you?" And she said, "Yes." I said, "Oh my god, it was so real, guys. I can't tell you how real it was. It was the most realest thing I've ever felt in my life. It was her farewell because she knew I was pissed at myself for being up the Diet Coke shop, and um, and then she said, "Just sit still." She said, "We're about to go." Basically, she gave me the feeling that she was about to go, and then I felt my brother again and I could smell him. He always smelled like, that, like sawdust and brute. Um, <laughs> yes, he did. He was a cabinet maker. Um, I could smell him and it was him and I'm just, oh, it was so good to feel my brother again. It had been at that point 24 years since I had laid eyes on him and it was just so good to be in his presence. I can't tell you. And then my daughter, who had died 20 years before, she came. Jeez, that was intense for me. I can't tell you how intense that was. It was wonderful, but terrible, but wonderful. And then um, the love, the love. I can't explain the love. I can't explain the sensations that were going through me. I mean, you know, you guys, I've always been very honest about my past and I've had a lot of high experiences in my life, but nothing, nothing, nothing like that. Nothing like that. It was the best feeling I've ever felt. It was the best I ever felt in my entire life at that moment. Not that mum was going, but the feelings that came through me because I literally, literally, virtually went through the gate just for a few minutes. And then they were gone and I was devo. (laughs) I was jealous Um, But I was glad that mum wasn't sick and dying anymore. But I was jealous, but I was relieved that they were together. It it gave me so much certainty that they were together. Now, I feel like the dying process is quite beautiful. Um, You know, I I can imagine that if you were tortured or something. And let's just be realistic about the dying process and and, and, and certain deaths. But the the chances of dying from a murder torture are, are quite slim, a lot of people do worry about that, but you shouldn't worry about that one. That, that the odds are that 99.9% of the population is going to die of illness or um, m- maybe an accident of some description. They're not really going to pass in a torturous way. So most deaths are either quick or you are medicated when you pass. Okay, So you will have medication so you won't be in pain. If it's an accident, it's quite quick. If they take themselves home, it's quite quick. Drownings are quite... But all death eventually becomes peaceful in an experience that we are all going to have one day and it is going to be quite exhilarating 
to leave the body that we inhibit now. It's going to be an amazing adventure. And I believe with every inch of my soul, because I have a, a million reasons, and that was all done that day with, with mum passing over, to believe that we reunite, that there is instant peace upon passing, instant exhilaration. It's, it's there, right? I believe that. But one thing I know that people muck up around death is we don't spend enough time with the person who is dying and really getting out what we want to say and what we want to hear when they are still coherent. Do not leave your questions until later, okay? When your person is in, this, in, in the act of dying stage but they are still coherent, able to talk, this is when you've got to talk about stuff. If they have fear, make them laugh. If they have fear of death, make them laugh about um, the, your life, the silly things that you've done. If they're really a little bit worried, distract them with the levity of the, 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 the memories that you share. Do that. Ask them about their childhood more, particularly if this is a parent. There's nothing more frustrating than not knowing um, uh, some details when your parents pass. It's so frustrating. Trust me, I didn't ask enough. I'm a fine one to talk, but I didn't ask enough stuff. Um, you know, so make sure you spend that time asking them the, the questions, you know, the mysteries that you want to know. Ask them about their childhood. Let them relive the good times of their life. Ask them about when they met their husband, if this is a grandparent, etc. Um, if this is your partner, um, maybe you should ask them about their childhood. These are the things you can pass on to your own kids. So, you know, there's th when, when they are actively dying, this is the time that you could get very, very, very close. Forgive anything that needs to be forgiven. Hash it out. Get rid of it. And if you have someone that has fear, talk about the possibilities of how exciting it's going to be when they meet up with their people and they go exploring the universe with them because that is going to happen. But all they can say is if you do have anyone out there besides um, the lady I'm talking to and you, of course, I do feel so I, – I, I do feel for you. I know it's a terrible experience. And, you know, let, let's just face it. The grief that we feel is about how we feel because they are gone. And I really respected um, Teresa's um, – sorry, um, Tricia, sorry. Tricia's um, – the way she said, I want it to be more about the grief. I want to understand the process. Your person is going to be going on the adventure of their life. And yes, you are going to miss them and you are entitled to your grief and you are going to feel bad because until you can find a way to fill that place that they took in your heart, it's going to hurt for a while. But I do encourage you to move forward and find that place, find something to fill that place in their heart as soon as you can. But you must honour that grief. You've got to go through it. You've got to go through all of those things um, but don't stay there too long. It's not a destination. I say that a lot. But your person, man, they are going on an adventure. They, When they pass away, they're going to reunite with everybody that they've been missing all their life. They, um, they are going to um, really uh, reflect upon the things in their life that they were pleased with and not so pleased with. That is probably going to happen too from what I can gather. 
they are going to have full access and full view to you. I am and will always be astonished about how much detail the spirit world will give me about weddings or babies that have been born since they've passed or holidays their people have been on or degrees their people have earned. It's incredible how much they see. I have no doubt in my mind that we continue after we pass. I have no doubt in my mind. I have seen enough and I have done enough readings to really cement that for me, to know that this, what we're living now, this human existence is just a part of our journey. It's just a fragment. Um, So you better make sure it's a good fragment as far as I'm concerned. Now, Tricia, I'm going to send you all my love and just you understand that your person is going to be quite all right you will have to deal with the complexities of grief. So I hope that you can start that journey now by really chatting to your person and really, you know, um, doing up all the things that may be undone. I hope that makes sense. But either way, I hope that helped you a little bit today. And for anyone else who has any things they want to talk about, I am more than happy to Um, lend my experience to you in any way that I can and and hopefully that will help you guys but anyway you have a wonderful week Um, I'm actually going to have a good week this week I'm going to be playing I I like to play music as some of you know and um, we're having a jam session which is rare for us with someone else someone different besides ourselves yeah babble babble have a wonderful day guys and um, I really hope that helps you Tricia and anybody else who is going through someone who is actively dying you have And that's the word, actively dying. Okay, guys, take care. She talks to angels. Oops, angels. (laughs) You'll come back now.